Hello, everybody. Good morning. Thank you. Are we all right? Good, good, good. And um, we've had a long weekend, so hope we've all been celebrating one way or another. Yeah, celebrating great. That's fine. Um, I don't really know if I have much more to say after those two songs because um, I don't know what songs they sing. I never see the song list. And after those two songs, I was like, well, they've said it all. <laughs> they've said it all. You know, um, I'm going to see my victory, right? Because the battle belongs to God. It may look like I'm surrounded by problems, but really, I am surrounded by God. Right? And I can really just go home because they've said it all. Because really my title today is, the battle is God's, not yours. So anything you don't quite get from me, I'm sure you'd have gotten out from the worship team. So let's please give a hand to the band, to the worship team, please. Right, okay, I'm going to pray before I delve into it. Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you. We just want to thank you for today, Lord, for your word that I believe you're trying to confirm, you're trying to remind someone about today, oh Lord. You know who that person is, present here, physically present in the building, watching online, Father. You know who that person is. And Father, I just pray that by the end of today, the person will know we would all know, Lord, that whatever battle we're facing, it is yours. It's not ours to deal with, it is yours. So come and take charge. Fill me up. Let your word come through me as I speak. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So yeah, um, I had been praying and asking God, what for me to say? What am I going to share with the church? Um, because I think that's what God really wants me to do, share his word with us. And when he gave me this, um, well, before I even had what the title was about or what the title was going to be, I remembered a little thing, that ha something that happened when I was a little girl. So um, my dad, my siblings and I, we used to watch the WWF wrestling match. And uh, so we all sit down there on the floor and it was a bit about watching us and watching, watching my dad and watching... The, the screen, because my dad, even though he was physically present with us in the living room, you could see him trying to dodge the punches, you know, and then he would tell the other one that's losing, don't do that. And like, he was really, he was virtually in the ring with them. And so to my nine-year-old older brother, my dad was strong. My dad was indestructible because he could like, you know, he could handle any of those people. The only thing that saved them was because he was in the living room with us. You know, because my dad was strong. Um, anyway, it's one particular day, there was this boy bothering him in school. And he went, that's it. He went to the boy and said to him, you know what? My daddy is strong. And I'm going to tell my daddy about you. And tomorrow, my daddy is going to fight your daddy. And he's going to beat your daddy. <laughs> and that would sort of give him, you know, tell everyone who is boss. Because my, my brother felt our dad was the strongest man ever. You know, if you know my dad, you know how far away that is. Anyway, um, so before I go 
too much further my story. Let's read the Word of God. And I'm going to open the book of Second Chronicles. So that's in the Old Testament. I've got it printed out in the Bible. Um, so if you've got your Bibles, if you've got your gadgets, wherever you can find the Scripture, and if you haven't, if you just listen, I'll read it out. So um, I'm going to read Second Chronicles chapter 20, and I'll start from verse 12. But basically, at the beginning of Second Chronicles 20, it tells us about when the Moabites and the Ammonites had um, planned to wage war against King Jehoshaphat, who was the king of Judah at the time. And what King Jehoshaphat had done was he'd come into um, the assembly, the assembly of Judah, where you've got maybe the top people there, and he called out to God. So let's read from verse 12. It says, Our God will not, oh, our God, will you not judge them? For we have no power to face this vast enemy, army that is attacking us. We do not know what to do, but our eyes are on you. All the men of Judah and their wives and children and little ones stood there before the Lord. Then the Spirit of the Lord came to Jahaziel, son of Zechariah, as he stood in the assembly. He said, Listen, King Jehoshaphat, and all who live in Judah and Jerusalem. This is what the Lord says to you. Do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Tomorrow... March down against them. They will be climbing up by the pass of Ziz, and you will find them at the end of the gorge in the desert of Jeruel. So um, he's, not, he's telling them in advance of what's going to happen. Right? You go out there tomorrow, march against them, and you'll find them climbing up, past, climbing up by the pass of Ziz, and you will find them at the end of the gorge in the desert of Jeruel. And you will not have to fight this battle. Take up your position, stand firm, and see the deliverance the Lord will give you, Judah and Jerusalem. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Go out to face them tomorrow, and the Lord will be with you. You see, I like this part where he says, stand firm and see the deliverance the Lord will give to you. So we were out um, a couple of days ago, and we were trying to park in this parking lot. So we'd come out because Quay hadn't parked very straightly. So he was trying to realign the parking, um, the car in this bay. And I was out, and I was standing in front, and um, we had these bollards in front as well. And I stood there while checking that he was finally in line. And as he came towards me, I stood firm, because I'm like, there's no way... Not like he was trying to, but <laughs> I'll just get out of the way. Not like he was trying to run me over, but I was so confident that nothing, there was no way the car would get to me because we had those strong bollards there and I was just on the other side of it. So I'm like, before he gets to me, those bollards will stop the car. You know, and that's what God's saying to us, that we need to stand firm, hold our positions and place our trust in him. So, what do I mean when I say the battle is God's 
and not yours. So, I mean, when we face situations and we feel like there's no way out, we become, we feel overwhelmed, we feel helpless, we feel desperate. What God is trying to say to us is we should take our eyes off that situation and place our focus on God. Yeah, we should take our eyes off that situation, whatever it is. It might seem difficult. You might feel like you're surrounded by the problem. But take your eyes off that problem and focus them on God. And he will deliver you again. And yes, I say again because he's done it before. And he's done it time and time again. But when we face a situation, we tend to forget what he's done for us in the past. You know, and we're so focused on this thing that is happening, this thing this overwhelming situation, we're helpless, we don't know what to do, and that's all we can see. If you remember when I talked about, I mean, a few times ago, I can't remember when it was, I spoke about a pocket testimony, or, you know, that, that testimony of something God has done for you that you just have there handy, maybe somewhere at the back of your mind, and you can reflect on it and say, um, oh yeah, I remember when God did this for me, I'm sure he's done it then, he doesn't fail, he'll do it again. You know, so God will definitely come back. He will do it again. We just need to take our eyes off the problem and focus on God. You know, he might not necessarily tackle that situation or fight that battle for you the same way he did it the last time. He could do it in a different way. But the bottom line is that he will do it. He's never lost a battle And he's not going to start now. He's not going to start with whatever situation you're facing to think, oh, no, that one's beyond him. Nothing is beyond God. Right? So um, we'll look at a few more scriptures just to see different ways in which God has fought battles in the past. So um, we're going to look at Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy chapter 9, verse 3. It says, um, sorry, that now. But be assured today that the Lord your God is the one who goes across ahead of you like a devouring fire. He will destroy them, he will subdue them before you, and you will drive them out and annihilate them quickly as the Lord has promised. Yeah? So to devour, he would, to devour means to destroy. So God will go before and he will destroy that problem. Like, so you're, you've not even approached the problem. You haven't arrived at the problem. He's gone ahead of you and he's destroyed it. To subdue, to conquer and bring into subjection, to conquer, to bring under control. So you, you wake up, you step outside, you don't know what problems are ahead because God's gone ahead. Yeah, he's gone ahead of you He's destroyed the problem. He's brought it under control. So one way that God fights our battles is by placing a protective shield around us. I kind of like that one because you, kinda, you walk out you know, with your chest up there thinking, I'm invincible because my God is just zapping out all the problems. So you don't even know what the problems are. Just zap, zap, zap. All the problems are gone. And that's one way God does it. You know, the, the, the thing with that protective shield around is that sometimes we tend to take those 
fought battles for granted because we didn't encounter the battles and we're thinking, oh yeah, I mean, like we're all here. Who knows? If we start listening, a thousand and one things could have happened, right? But we're all here or you're watching online. You know, how many battles have God, has God protected you from or fought for you so far? But that's one way. He tells us in Luke chapter 4, verse 10 to 11, for it is written, he will give his angels concerning you to guard you carefully. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against the stone. Yes, so God has that protection around you. He is watching over you, keeping you from harm. But I mean, if that was the only way God protected us or God fought battles for us, then we wouldn't be crying out about battles because we wouldn't know of any battles, right? So one way is he would place a protective shield around us. Another way is he would actually fight the battle through you. Yep, so you actually have to go through the challenge, but he will be there with you and he will fight it for you, but through you. So again, going to the book of Deuteronomy, um, 31 this time, and 6 to 8, it says, Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. So, because of them. Do not be afraid or terrified because of that problem. Do not be afraid or terrified because of that situation. Do not be afraid or terrified because of that medical condition, that bad news, whatever that terrifying situation is. He says, do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you or forsake you. Then Moses summoned Joshua and said to him in the presence of all Israel, be strong and courageous, for you must go with this people into the land that the Lord swore to the ancestors to give them, and you must divide it among them as their inheritance. You see, so here, um, Moses is telling Joshua to be strong and courageous, to go out and receive what God has already promised them as their inheritance. You know, God has promised you so many things. If we read his word, it is packed with the promises that God has given to us. Or someone has spoken a prophetic word over you, and you're thinking, what you're saying and what I'm experiencing are so detached. How can that even be? You know, the, 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 the gap between where you are and what the promises are seems so far you're even terrified to reach out, to step out of the boat and go out to reach Jesus. And Moses is saying in this situation to Joshua that he should be strong and courageous. And that's what God is saying to you today. Be strong and courageous. Verse 8 says, The Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. That's verse 8. In verse 6, he said the same thing. So he's repeating it again. He's repeating it in verse 8. And it's almost as if to reinforce that point. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Now, as we all know, the Israelites were set free from captivity. They'd been, they had that 
ultimate challenge where they, were, they had a Red Sea in front of them. They had the Egyptians behind them. It seemed absolutely impossible, but God saw them through it. But guess what? They forgot when they got to the next challenge, <laughs> when they got to the next battle, and they all went, oh, God. You know, and it's because not to take away from any battle we face, you know, when we are in that situation, it feels like the biggest thing. And sometimes when God reminds us of, of how he's healed us in the past, we go, yeah, thank you, Lord, but, you know, but this one. And really, he's saying, stand firm. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Yeah. I've also got here in Joshua 1, this is after Joshua has taken over from Moses, Joshua 1 verse 9, this is God now saying to Joshua, have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. The Lord your God will be with you whatever you face. The Lord your God will be with you regardless of how massive that situation seems to be. It's, um, see, I had, it's very interesting. I mean, before I come up here, I have a team of friends that really pray for me and lift up the word of God. And yesterday, I went into complete panic mode because something had happened um, back home. I was like, oh, Lord. Text, 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 text. Please pray, please pray, please pray. And then... God was saying, and what's that? I've told you to share with the church tomorrow. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. So I understand, you know what? I also have battles to fight. And as I am encouraging you, I'm also encouraging myself not to fret over these things, not to allow these things weigh me down, not to... Uh, Panic, lose sleep over these things, not to be anxious, not to feel like I'm in a hopeless situation. It might seem like it. It might seem like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by God. You know, he's got his angels going before me. He's got his angels going behind me. If only we have this at the back of our mind every day. You will see a child of God down the road thinking, <laughs> see my angels. Check out my angels surrounded, you know, and, and if we can only see the angels that God has placed around us when we, are, when we go out, when we wake up, you know, it will give us a bit of um, perspective that our God is massive, and our battle in the sight of God is teeny-weeny, tiny-tiny. I mean, for us, it is big, but not for God. Right? So I've talked about him bat fighting our battles by placing a protective shield around us or fighting it through us. Now here is the most challenging one. He fights our battles by asking us to stand still and do nothing. Stand still and do nothing. Like, you know what? That's, I personally, anyway, I don't know about you lot, but for me, I find that to be the most... <laughs> Like, that one really tests my faith. So I talked about Quay trying to park the car. Now, if those bollards weren't there, 
I wouldn't even be there, let alone check to see if the car would stop in time. You know, but God is trying to say to us that he is always there. We just need to stand firm. We need to stand still and do nothing. Exodus chapter 14, verse 14 says, The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. So I'll tell you a story about someone I know. Someone I know. Don't ask me who. I can't tell you if it's me or not me, but it's someone I know. They were driving through a car wash, this person. And if you go through this car wash thing, after the whole brushing thing, they've washed your car, you get to the fan blade. And they've got a big red thing there that says, do not press the brake. And so this person I know was going towards it, and that thing wasn't moving. Yeah? And the car was approaching, that thing wasn't moving. And it was getting really close, like it was going to crack the windscreen. You know, brake, <laughs> brake. And what did that do? That just caused havoc because the car stopped, the machines didn't do what they're supposed to do. But that was the clear instruction there. Do not press the brake because it would get to that point and then it would know when to, you know, go up and air dry the car as it should do. And that's, it's, it's like what God is saying to us. We're facing a situation and God has asked us to stand still and do nothing. Okay, so not literally just stand still and do nothing, but it's stand firm, put your trust and your faith in him. And yes, you've done that, and you're thinking, hang on, I've been trusting God, I've been trusting God, and, and nothing's happening, the situation isn't changing, I'm trusting God, I think I need to do something. And then you put your brake down, you put your foot on the brake, and then you just totally mess things up. <laughs> you know, all the machinery goes crazy. But the good thing about our God is he is so merciful that even when you accidentally press the brake, even though it clearly said do not press the brake, that red sign was there, you're thinking, well, I better help the machine because maybe this brake sign did not consider my make of car. You know, when God said stand firm and do nothing, he didn't really think about this particular battle I'm fighting. So I would just Act a little. Just, I've got to do something. Yes, you've got to do something. You've got to position yourself in that position to just call out to God and let him do what he said he would do for us. He said, stand firm. Yep. Um, so, <laughs> thank you. You know, it's, it's I personally have felt blessed just reading through scripture as I prepared for today. You know, I really felt that God was speaking to me as well. And I really hope that and pray that he's speaking to you one way or another, whatever battle you're facing right now. Psalms 37, sorry, 34 verse 17 says, The righteous cry out and the Lord hears and delivers them out of all they're troubled. Not some of their troubles, not a few of the troubles. The righteous cry out, and the Lord hears and delivers them out of all their troubles. That's the position we need to be in when he says stand firm. 
get into that position of prayer and then just trust God that he will deliver you out of all, all your troubles. He would fight all of your battles, not some. But remember, it's not necessarily going to be exactly how he did it the last, last time. It might not be how he did it for the other person who faced a similar battle because we're all unique. His ways are not our ways. He sees the bigger picture. We just see that problem. We just see that battle. Yep. So um, I'll just conclude by reading the scripture we started with, which is in Second Chronicles. It says, I'm going to just read to 15 and 17. This is what the Lord says to you. Do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army. You know, whatever seemingly impossible situation you are facing, the Bible is saying, and God is saying to us through his word, that we should not be afraid. We should not be discouraged. I mean, I couldn't have asked for better songs to lead me into this if I had had the choice to choose. What, what is that problem that seems to be surrounding you everywhere you look? You know, I'll take your eyes off that because outside of that, you would see that God is surrounding you. Yeah? So it says, do not be afraid or discouraged because of the, this vast army. For the battle is not yours, but God's. Yeah? You will not have to fight this battle in your marriage, in your finances. Like, I'm way up there with all the things going up, <laughs> prices going up, and who knows, like, I need God to fight that financial battle. You will not have to fight the battle. It could be at your place of work. It could be maybe something to do with your spiritual growth. You're thinking, Lord, I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm trying. Well, it's not for you to try. Just hand it over to God. Yeah? Take up your position. Now, what is that position? Your position of prayer. You know, take up that position. Call out to God. It says, take up your positions, stand firm, and see the deliverance the Lord will give to you. It says again, do not be afraid, do not be discouraged. Go out to face them tomorrow, and the Lord will be with you. And I'm just going to close with that, because I think that's a very good way to say, as you go out into the week, we've got a new week ahead of us, but as you go out, those problems that you left last week, you left before the bank holidays, you're going to face them, or you th they're going to be there, but the Lord is saying, go out, face them, the Lord will be with you. Father, I just want to thank you for your word. And I just thank you for reminding us not to place our focus on whatever battle we are fighting or we are facing, Lord. Help us to remember, Lord, that as we go out, the battle is yours. The battle is yours, oh God, not ours to fight. Give us that peace. Give us that peace and that ability to place our trust in you completely, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.